Good morning, everybody. As we're standing, let me just make you aware that um, as people are coming in, if they can't find a, a, a seat that gives us spacing, we've got this whole area out here in the student center. So you can, you can walk in yourself and take some seats in there or just help people find some seats there. So glad you're with us this morning. Let's stand and worship the Lord. Amen. <laughs> Oh, this is a great song. Let praise be a weapon. Yes? Yes. Yeah. 
thank you for being here with us, Lord. We worship you this morning. Thank you for the joy of knowing you, who you are, all you are. God, I thank you that as we enter your presence, you begin to refine us, that you purify us as we surrender all to you. We can lay it at your feet. We can let go as you heal, as you restore, as you renew. And God, we ask today for revival. And we ask that you would start it right here, right now. You are welcome in this place to have your way. We surrender all to you, Jesus. You see what's hidden under the surface. You see the beauty under the tarnish. You will find in fire what you call gold. You will find in fire what you can mold. Find me here in your presence. I'm not leaving the same. Let your refining fire purify me again. Let the weight of your glory bring me back to my knees. Oh, God, come with revival. You can start it in me. purpose you see the outcome you have intention you're bringing freedom you will find it what you call gold you will find it what you can hold find me here declare this together.
shining fire started in us. Just pray your own prayer to him right now. Just surrender your heart. Speak your own words of worship. Just glorify him for who he is. He's the God of creation. He's the God with us. He is here with us right now. He is Holy Spirit, the comforter. Jesus, our Savior. God, we worship you. Thank you for who you are. Behold the Father's heart, the mystery he lashes on us. As deep cries out to deep, oh, how desperately he wants us. The things of earth stand next to him like a candle to the sun. i 
as the clouds he rides swing low lift up the sound as he makes our praise his throne behold the Lord our God will You can be seated. Father, what a privilege to worship today. What a privilege to gather here today and to be together as friends, as family, as brothers and sisters, as guests, to just come and worship you and come and honor you and be in your presence. That's our heart. And we thank you for your presence in normal life. You're, you're, you're in the car with us. You're in the shower with us. You're you're at our workplace. You're always with us. You abide with us. And yet there's something, something amazing that happens when we come together like this that just can't be replicated anywhere else. 
And so thank you, Lord, for granting us your presence. Jesus, thank you for being our intercessor, our savior, our friend, the, the intermediary, the go-between, and for making a way for us to be reconciled to the Father. Holy Spirit, thank you for your presence here today. Thank you for being our counselor, our comforter, our helper, our advocate, for empowering us to live above the fray of this crazy world. Father God, thank you. Thank you for making a way where there didn't seem to be a way when man fell and the world fell and yet you had another plan all along and Lord, you unfolded it. So thank you. Thank you for so great a salvation today. We love you. We bless you. We give you everything we do here, everything we say, Lord, for your glory, for your honor. In Jesus' name, everyone said Amen. Good to see everybody. Hope you're doing well. Did it rain anymore during, after this morning? Or are we good to go? No rain? Later? Earlier. I haven't been outside in hours, so I just didn't know. But it, it was thankful for the rain. As I was driving in, I was just so thankful. I was overwhelmed with gratitude. And I was just thanking the Lord the whole way. And Lord, you, just, you make all things new. You refresh us with rain and you refresh our earth, our Lord, now refresh our land, refresh our crazy culture, Lord. Come. And so we'll talk more about that a little later in service. But uh, it, is, it is a different world right now that we're all navigating. But we're navigating it together. And the beauty of it is, is that all of us have been empowered to live above the fray. Even though it doesn't feel like it sometimes, we have been given that. And we're going to talk about that. Hopefully, you're going to leave with some tools today that are going to help you right away engage the fight and engage this thing so that you're not sitting on the sideline wondering what it's like to be out on the field. And I don't know about you, I never liked riding the pine, sitting on the bench, second, third string, wasn't, wasn't good for me. So I like to be in the fray. So let's get in the fray and enjoy what yeah. God's up to. Amen? So welcome to Bridge Church. My name is Jimmy Pruitt. I'm the lead pastor here. And uh, I'm just so excited that we're here and we get to do this. Amen? And so many things that we've seems like our state's taken a step back on a lot of this stuff, and yet uh, praise God that we can come together and use wisdom and navigate this with grace together. And so, thank you for being here today. And if you are a first time guest, welcome. And if you're also watching online, we want to welcome you, and you are no less a part of this if you're at home with your coffee, your dog, and your robe. So, maybe we're a little envious, but anyway, thanks for joining us. <laughs> And being here, we want you to be blessed. We want you to be encouraged and feel a part of it. And do get up, sing the songs. I heard a testimony this week of somebody jumping up, singing the songs, and standing up with their family in their living room and participating. I'm like, that's how you do this thing. Whether you're local or not, it doesn't matter. You're here, and their heart's here. And so you do that and join us, and uh, we welcome you. So can we give our first-time guests a big welcome with a hand clap? And just on a housekeeping note, uh, I feel bad. I, there, several people walked up to me trying to hug me today. And I was just like, hey, how's it going? The only reason I'm doing that is because my wife's having surgery on and That's just why she's not here. She's having surgery on Tuesday. And she's just like, please don't touch anybody. I, I don't want to get this put off. I want to get this done and taken care of. And she's got a cancer thing on her nose that we're going to get dealt with. We already dealt with one. And we're going in for the bigger one. So, so I, I'm, just, I'm under orders. Let me just tell you, if I don't hug your neck, just... Just, I'll make up for it, I promise. Trust me, when this thing lifts, you're going to be tired of me. Like, get off of me. Get away. 
So anyway, so just be patient with that. And two, let's have respect for one another in, in this situation. Uh, we don't want to be that church that, you know, goes on the Internet is, oh, my gosh, 70 other people got, you know, COVID or whatever. So let's be wise. Let's walk together, walk in wisdom. We're blessed to even be able to do this. Amen. And so let's do it. So we're going to spend some time in prayer today, but I want to invite you that if you have any prayer requests or prayer needs, if you would, out on the, in the hallway at our uh, Connect Center, there are prayer cards there. You can fill one out. Let us know. You can either give us permission to share your name or not, and that's fine. Uh, either way, we'll honor that. And then the black boxes that you see all over at the exits, you can just drop it in there on your way out. Now, if you're watching online, you can go to info at... Go to you to email info at bridgefbg.com and do send in your prayer requests. Again, give us permission or not, that's fine. And uh, we want to pray with you, want to stand with you, and help you fight the good fight of faith. That's what we're here for to be together and stand together. We've been praying for the churches in our community because right now, all of us are navigating this thing. Those of you that are business owners know exactly what I'm talking about. We're all navigating this weirdness and this new landscape. And uh, I just, let's just call it what it is. It's just there. It's the elephant in the room. And so we're navigating this together, but, but we want to pray for our churches in our community. Some are very nervous and scared about trying to regather. Others, like us, are going, no, let's move forward and with wisdom, but let's move forward. And so we want to pray for them. We've been doing this for several weeks. Now, normally, we pray for churches by name. And we pray for the pastors and if their wife, if, if we know their wife, we pray for them as well. Because we want to be that church that's everybody's cheerleader. Because I'm telling you, by blessing, I mean, that's what we're here for, right? To be a blessing. We are blessed to be a blessing. And so that's what we get to do. Now, we're going to pray today just for the regathering. And as other churches are trying to figure out how to navigate this thing. We're very blessed with the churches in our community. Very blessed. So would you be in agreement with me? Now, as we do this. I also want to pray for our nation. I want to pray for our state and for our community and county. Wherever you are, if you're watching online, pray for your area. I know we have people watching from California, from Colorado, from Idaho, Iowa, Pennsylvania, all up in that area. Do pray for your community. Pray for the churches in your community as they navigate this regathering time and, and whatnot. And we need to pray for our leaders. So let's do that right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we are before you as sons and daughters. Lord, we acknowledge and I acknowledge before you that you have conferred authority upon us as followers of Jesus. You've given us authority to speak to mountains and see them be cast into the sea if we, if we don't waver, if we don't doubt. And, and Lord, your word says that we will have whatever we say, whatever we speak. And even now, we move and posture ourselves into a place of declaration, Father. And Lord, we declare over our own community first, right here, our Jerusalem, for blessing and for grace and for peace. We pray for business owners in our community that are having to navigate another setback. And we pray, Lord, there'd be no, no, no diminishment in their income, their business. And Lord, they would be able to navigate this well with grace, with wisdom, and come through this stronger than ever. Lord, that you would increase them and bless them in this. That, Father, we would not see it as a setback, but a setup for your goodness, a setup for your mercy, a set up, set up for your power and your strength in our businesses and in our community. Father, we pray for our schools, Lord, even as they're navigating when and when not to, Lord. Give them grace for our teachers. We bless them and speak blessing over them. Father, for EMS, for our first responders, for our police and fire, for our local government, we pray over our mayor, our city council. We call them blessed in the name of Jesus. 
Father, we speak life over them and grace over them as they make decisions for our community, Lord, that, that, Lord, they would not be swayed by the political winds blowing here and there and everywhere, but they would make good decisions of sound judgment. So we pray for the spirit of knowledge, this, the Holy Spirit gift of knowledge, the gift of wisdom, and the gift of discernment, discerning of spirits in this, so that as they make decisions... They will walk in wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. We pray for our governor as well, Governor Abbott, our Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. We bless them, and we pray for them. Pray for our President Trump and all those that are that are talk about navigating political winds. God, we pray for our country and our nation right now. We pray, Lord God, Lord God, that our country would turn to you, and we pray for revival. That, Lord, this would be a setup for a real, an authentic, third-wave spiritual awakening, Lord. That, Father, where sin abounds, we know that grace abounds all the more. So, Lord, as things seem to be dark around us, Lord, may we see it as a setup, not a setback. And trust you in the midst of it. That, Lord, we will shine like lights in the darkness. So, Father, we believe for it. We stand for it in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen. amen. Man, that deserves another amen, right? That's an amen and an amen. We need to posture ourselves to be declarative in nature as we move forward. Now, listen, in our giving and in our worship, I want to say thank you so much. All of you have been so generous, and we have continued to do well through all of this mess. And it allows us to focus on what's at hand and not all constantly worrying about budgets and finances and all that. So thank you. And it's, it bodes well for all of the ministries that we support because you don't just give to the church, you give through the church. And what we get goes out and we are a blessing. And so you can see on the screen how to give if you're giving online. Thank you for doing that. And uh, the information's right there. But also I want to put the names of those that we're praying for in our giving. Now, we're not passing the plate. We're, we, that's gone away. And that's a praise the Lord for me. But So we have boxes on each of the doors. And feel free during worship. We're going to worship together in just a minute and celebrate some more. As we're worshiping, feel free, if you brought your offering, to take it over to any of the deposit boxes. Just drop it in there, and uh, we'll get that. Take care of those envelopes there if you need them. But again, thank you for your faithfulness. Everything you do matters. What we're going to talk about later today is everything you say matters. But I will say this in terms of giving. Everything you do matters. Every bit matters. And it makes a difference. So let's pray over our offering. Father, we lift up our offering. What a privilege to give. What a privilege to sow. And a privilege to be a blessing. Father, for these missionaries and, and these ministries that we are blessed to support and blessed to give to. Thank you, Lord. We are, even as I, as I used that scripture out of Genesis earlier in that covenant, we are blessed in order to be a blessing. So, Lord, as we sow today, we speak over these offerings and declare them multiplying and making a difference. Lord, that we will see transformation because of what we do here. We love you. In Jesus' name, everyone said, let's stand together and let's continue to worship. Seas that are shaken and 
monster can be calmed and broken for my regard. Through it all, through it all, my eyes are on you. Through it all, through it all, it is well. when my eyes can't see and this mountain that's in front of me will be thrown into the midst of the sea
Saying into that. Amen. Yes. Please be seated, would you? staff at a church in Southern California. I've shared some of that and pieces of that story. And while we were there, um, I have to tell you something. I got ruined for revival. And I mean that in a good way. In other words, we experienced things there in Southern California and that blew my mind. We were living just a little bit um, up in the high desert uh, off the 15 in an area called Apple Valley, Victorville, Hesperia. We were part of a church that was experiencing explosive revival, explosive growth. Our student ministry was exploding and growing. We experienced an outpouring of the Holy Spirit like I've never experienced before that or since. Now, we've had touches and tastes, but I have to tell you, it ruined me in a good way. It, it's kind of like when you, when you go see a, a band live and, and you're just like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. It's so much better than the record. And then you go back and listen to the record and it's kind of like flat. You're like, that doesn't sound as good as I thought it did. But live and when you were there and in the atmosphere, it was, it was amazing. It's the same thing. When you've tasted spiritual awakening, when you've been a part of a genuine move of God that is unprecedented in your own lifetime, it, it sort of wrecks you in a sense. And, and I use this example all the time because I like food, so I just do that. And uh, you know when you first pop the top of a, off of a Pringles can? It's like opening a can of tennis balls, isn't it? It's just like, 
and you smell that sour cream and onion, you know, or whichever your flavor of choice is, that happens to be my favorite, and you eat one, and you're thinking to yourself, I'm just going to eat one, I, you know, I'm doing good, I'm on keto, I'm not even going to touch that, so, so you eat one, and then what happens? You're going to eat half the stack, right? I mean, you cannot eat one Pringle, or you're just weird. I'm sorry to do that to you. <laughs> or you're superhuman at the least. So it's like when you get a taste of something, suddenly nothing else matches. Nothing else satisfies. And I'm ta- I tasted revival, and that did too, and we're ruined for it because once you've tasted it, it's like everything is that becomes your new normal, your new standard. And so every once in a while, somebody will walk up to me and go, I heard you pray for revival. I heard you pray for awakening. I do too. I do too. I said, keep doing it. And that's why I pray for revival and awakening. Now, while we were in Southern California, we ended up feeling a call back to Texas and we made the journey and Penske trucks and all that stuff and moved back and we planted a church in Central Texas And what was interesting is that we brought with us much of what we learned and as well as 11 graduating high school seniors were our church plant team from Southern California. Think about it. Southern California to Central Texas. We talk about culture shock for those guys and for that town. They were all on fire. They were excited. It was just one of those glorious, exciting, looking back on it going, what were we thinking? But we weren't. We were just following the leadership of the Lord and what he asked us to do. And so one of the things that Annette and I learned in that season, in that period of life, was the power of words, the power of what we say. And I will expand that into the power of what we sing, the power of what we play, the power of what we do. But I want to focus on words today because we're living in a culture right now, unprecedented times. I was talking to Curtis before. I said, Curtis, in my entire lifetime, I've never seen our culture in the turmoil and disarray and disorder that it's in now. And I, I, I said, now, somebody might have more tread wear on their life than I do. And they can say, oh, I remember back when. But I was talking to Miss Charlene, who's 91 years young, praise the Lord. And she said, I've not seen. I went through the depression. I lived through the depression. I went through all. And I've not seen anything like this. And right now, it's become not only a war of protests and all that. It's a war of words right now. Don't tell me words don't matter. When right now, words and communication are what's driving so much of what's happening. It's very complicated. It's layered. We all know that. But can you imagine a group of followers of Jesus who are just audacious enough to believe that our words count for something and that what we say and what we declare and what we speak can literally affect atmospheres. So we moved to central Texas to my old college town because I had a heart for my college and I, I was so wanting to see young people ignited for Jesus and for the kingdom. So we moved back there. We plant this church and it's crazy because Within a very short time, the first Sunday we met, we had about as many people in the congregation as we did on the worship team, because worship was a big value, obviously. And so we had a huge worship team, and that was most of the church, and there was a handful of people out there, but within a few weeks, this thing exploded, 
and we grew to over 200, and our, our little worship center didn't even seat that many. So there were people lined up around the walls, and there were actually leaders from the Southern Baptist Convention who came down to see what was happening in this little church. And they were in that, sir. I'll never forget seeing those guys back there going, wow, you, could have, you didn't have to wear a suit today, sir, really. You don't need a tie here. Because it's a bunch of college students that are rabid on fire for Jesus. But here's the thing. That little town that we moved to was so beset. Have you ever been in a community or driven into a community or lived in one that you could feel a spirit of lawlessness on it? You don't have to break that down much. You just know it when you're in it. And, and in this community, it was just this weird. Now, turns out there was a huge history behind that, I found out later, of why there was lawlessness there. That's a whole other story. So that, but that city was beset. It was poverty-ridden, crime-ridden, drugs, and it had a big lake, and there was a lake community that was really dark and hidden, and all kinds of craziness went on there. I mean, it was scary to go to Walmart. I'm not lying. You didn't go at night. So it was just a bizarre community. So in the midst of this darkness, the Lord jettisoned us into this community and said, let your light shine. That's what we did. Man, we just started. We didn't know much else, but we knew how to worship, and we knew how to pray, and we knew how to believe God. That doesn't mean we said it all right. doesn't mean we did it all right. doesn't mean we had a plan all figured out. We just loved Jesus, and we loved each other, and God began to touch that thing. Now, here's what happened. We had learned the power and value of words, and we lived in Southern California through that revival, through that spiritual awakening. So when we moved back to Texas to plant the church, I began to disciple and teach those young students and those college students about the power of your words, that, that the Bible says this, that if you believe, you can actually speak to a mountain. Jesus said it will be removed and cast into the sea if you don't doubt. And he says, because you will have whatever you say. Luke chapter 11. And so I taught that principle, and we began declaring and saying and speaking over our city because we were just young enough and bold enough and audacious enough to believe that our words mattered, that we had been given authority by Jesus to speak into the firmament. Isn't that what God did? Book of Genesis, and God said, and it was. And God said, and it was, 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 and God said it was good. Jesus, on a boat during a squall on the Lake of Galilee, asleep, disciples losing their minds, thinking Jesus doesn't care. They wake him up. What does he do? He gets up, and he thinks about quieting the storm. He meditates on it. No, he doesn't. He speaks to it. He gets up, and with his words, he says, peace be still, and there was a great calm on the sea. Jesus' best friend, Lazarus, dies too soon. He dies young. Jesus is away taking care of business. He gets back, and the sisters of the brother, Lazarus, Mary and Martha, they're freaking out. They're saying, if you would have been here, he wouldn't have died. And they're, they're, just, they're, they're wrought with grief. This is Jesus' best friend. Jesus says, don't worry. Jesus walks over to the grave. They had already put him in a tomb. He's, he's like mummified. He's, he's bound hand and foot, the scripture says. And in that tomb, he's there. Jesus walks over to an area, and he says this out of his mouth. 
He says, I, I know you hear. He says, Father, I know you hear me. Isn't that interesting that Jesus would just whisper that to God? I know you hear me, but for their sakes, for their sakes, I'm going to say it out loud. And what does he do? He says, Lazarus, what? Come out. Come forth. What happens? It gets real creepy from there, right? How would you feel of a dead guy? Hopping. Mummified. I mean, hopping out of there. I bet half the people made new trails in the desert from there. And the other half probably fell on their face before God going, oh my God, it's real. Can you imagine that scene? But what happened? It was words that generated that change in the environment, the atmosphere, and in the moment. The power of our words. And quite frankly, in our culture right now, words have gotten cheap and they're spewed out right and left like they mean nothing. But let me tell you something. Our words matter and what we say matters. And if we will become intentional about our words, we will affect change. So Annette and I, we moved to that community. We started teaching these young people. The church started growing. We were experiencing a taste of revival there in Central Texas. God was moving. And we moved and bought our first house there. And we lived just a couple of doors down from a park. And this park had a big walking trail. It was a really big, beautiful park there. Lots of native pecan trees. It was really nice. And lots of people went there. So we started walking together. And we'd go out and we'd walk this track, this trail around the park. And we made a commitment to each other. We were going to prayer walk every time we walked, and we walked almost every day. And so whether we were walking one mile, two, three, or four, the whole time we were tag team praying. But here's what we prayed. We didn't pray, you know, just, oh, Lord, bless us. Oh, Lord, give us a great day. Oh, Lord, bless our kids. It was actually declarative in nature. Because we had learned in, the, in that revival in California how to speak and declare not our words, but God's word. And so we would take God's word and we would declare it into the atmosphere, being audacious enough to believe that we were seeding the atmosphere for change. And it's like this. You know, I've said this in here before, but this bears repeating. There's a thermostat over there on the wall. If I was to go over and click the button on that thermostat, it would set into motion all kinds of units up here. And when they come on, we all hear it. It's like, what? Eh, what'd you say? I mean, they're loud. This is a big commercial building. And those, what happens when you click the thermostat, we're at 76 degrees and you set it to 69, what happens? The system kicks on and goes to work. Is that right? It just starts to work. Compressors, blowers, fans, relays are clicking. All kinds of stuff's happening to do what? To condition the air. That's why it's called an air conditioner. Ever thought about that? An AC. It's an air conditioner. It conditions the air. It changes the air. So if we set it on 69 and it's 76, does it instantly go to 69 the minute you click it on? Uh, not in Texas. In the summer it does not. That system has to go to work and things have to happen that we know not of. And trust me, I don't know. Doyle does. I don't. What all is going on up there? I just, I just know when it's working and when it's not. Amen? It's the same thing, though. When we seed the Word of God into the atmosphere, we speak His Word with faith, 
faith-filled words. We release faith in the words we say, declaring God's word. Guess what happens? It sets a system into motion. You know the kingdom of God is a system, right? There's all kinds of moving parts here. God is always orchestrating events, situations, scenarios. He's always writing the story. The narrative is always moving. And so when we speak, just like when we set that thermostat, it starts to condition the air. When we declare God's word into the atmosphere, it begins to condition the air. Oh, oh, that we would be as audacious now as we were 25 years ago. If we would be audacious enough to believe that when we speak, change happens. Because our words are empowered and anointed and maybe even appointed by God to bring change. What you say matters. Annette and I, we did that for two, three years. Praying around that park, tag team. It was great. We were learning the word, the scripture. We'd go back and forth. We'd call our community blessed. We'd say we're blessed to be a blessing. We're the head, not the tail, but only not beneath. We're blessed coming in, blessed going out. Everywhere our feet trod, he gives. I mean, we're just going, 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 going. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. The enemy comes at us one way. It's at least seven. We're just declaring. We're calling our community blessed. We're calling our city blessed. We, lo- we got the, the names of our mayor and the city council. We're praying over them. Listen, you can pray for somebody if you, even if you don't agree with them. Amen? Man, let me just say that again. Somebody needs to hear that before you post on the Internet this afternoon. You can pray for people you don't agree with. The Scripture commands us to pray for those in authority. How dare we not? Can you imagine if we prayed as much as we complained? We would have been in revival years ago. Amen? That's funny, but it's true. So I want to talk about the power of our words today. What happened was we did that. I, oh, my gosh. We, here's what happened. The city didn't instantly change. It didn't go to 69. It stayed at 76 for a while because that city was beset. But here's the deal. We changed. We changed. It changed us. It changed our vantage point, our perspective Our view, how we saw things, it changed the filter or the grid through which we were seeing life in our city. We fell in love with our little poverty-ridden, beset city. We fell in love with them. And lots of things came out of that. Amazing things came out of that. Favor came out of that. Open doors came out of that. Opportunities came out of that. Friendships came out of that. All because we were audacious enough to declare God's word because we believed our words mattered. Oh, that we would believe that today for our culture. Unprecedented times. If there's not, if there's never been a time, it's now to begin to declare over our culture the word of God. Amen? So let's look into the scripture. Let's see how this works. One little caveat to that story. We, we left that city. We followed God. He, he led us to another field to work, so to speak. We had to come back for an event. He came back for a funeral. We came back for a wedding. came back for various things. And when we came back after a long period of time, there were new stores. The mall had revitalized. I mean, things. They had redone the whole downtown. 
When I lived there, it was, it was horrible. They had gone in and invested, and the place began to change. It was not even the same place. They built an overpass. I mean, all kinds of things changed. Now, some of you are going, oh, you think you caused that? No, God caused that. All I did was participate in prayer. Do I think our prayers made that happen? I'd like to think maybe we had a little part in it. I'm a believing believer, are you? I believe this stuff. Oh, that we'd be so bold and so audacious. That we would begin to speak life and blessing as opposed to cursing and death. Amen? Yeah, it was quiet in the first service too, so just it'll get quieter. Hang in there. All right, what we're talking about is what is needed now. And this is what's precipitated this in my heart is we're in a crazy time, and I'm navigating my flesh just like you. I'm just as upset. I'm just as mad. I'm just as frustrated. I'm, I'm, I'm saying it too. This is not the America I grew up. For the first time in my life this week, was the first time I ever felt my freedom taken away, diminished, ever, ever. Even when 9-11 happened, I knew we would rise up and kick some booty over there and get it taken. I was not worried about that. This is coming from within what we're experiencing right now, and it's a lot scarier to me than a terrorist attack. It's a whole other level. So I, but I want you to know something, that out of that, God is speaking things into me because I'm constantly saying, Lord, what is needed now? So that's what we're doing. I call it a series, call it a week to week, whatever you want to call it. But I'm just want, trying to answer the questions, what is needed now? So let's talk about that right now. The, the title of this is The Power of Blessing. The Power of Blessing and What You Say Matters as a subtitle. So here it is. I want to read out of the book of James. Now, all of y'all know James is subtle as a concrete brick, right? James is like, in your face, say it. I say, it takes me 30 minutes to say something. James says it in a sentence. Just like my wife, Annette. And I can talk about her because she's not here. But she is watching online, so I'm being careful. I love you, honey. Thank you for watching. So, Annette is a cut-to-the-chase kind of person. That's why she's a great executive pastor. And she's a numbers person. She's concrete information. She's like, don't tell me how the watch works. Tell me what time it is. It's just like, shh, shh, shh. So that is James. That's the nature of James. He just says it. And some people have a hard time with the book of James because it's so direct. But I love the book of James because guys like me need a James and an Annette in my life. So listen to this. James chapter 3, verse 1. And he's going to be talking about the power of the tongue. Listen to this scripture, verse 1. My brethren, let not many of you become teachers knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. Why? Because of this, because of our mouth. Verse 2, for we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, in what they say, he is a perfect man. That word means mature, complete, or whole. He is a whole, mature person, able also to bridle the whole body. He's saying if you can put a guard on your mouth, you got control over your whole body. Interesting, huh? Verse 3, indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member, 
and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. Isn't that powerful, the imagery there of just this little member of your body is actually the thing that sets a whole forest on fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body. This is pretty intense. And sets on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire by hell. Well, just dance around the subject, James. <laughs> he's, just, he's just going there, right? Yep, he did it. Verse 7, For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and creature of the sea, is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. Verse 8, But no man can tame the tongue. Oh, am I grateful for the Holy Spirit. Are you? But no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Are we getting the picture? With it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude or the likeness of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not be so. I know you've seen this too if you're on social media at all. But how Christians and people who say they follow Jesus and that they love the Holy Spirit and love, you know, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness. Oh, number nine, self-government, self-control, that fruit of the Spirit, that proof of the Spirit, that product of the Spirit, that's what it is. It's produce. It's the product, the fruit of the Spirit. It's not the fruit of the flesh. It's the fruit of the Spirit. So it's not your flesh that produces self-control. Hey, you're incapable. How do I know that? Because I'm a dude too. I'm a person. I'm a human being. And I know that without the help of the Spirit, the Helper, Without his help, I can't do this thing. I can't. I'll crash and burn with the best of them. I have to have him in my life. So self-government is only given as you're enabled by the Spirit. It's a fruit or product of the presence of God, the presence of the Spirit. And these same people, some are friends of mine, friends of mine, will get on Facebook and social media and rant and rave and repost junk that's untested, unproven, unfounded, untrue, and think nothing of it. It's like, and I would say the same thing James says, my brethren and my sisterin, these things ought not be so. Let me tell you what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that we have not been given the right to protest, that we've been given the right to oppose, to resist, to bring sound thinking, sound strategies, a sound argument to the table. Yes, we have and we should. Amen? Amen. That's our right. We've been given that. But to think that we can just shoot off our mouths or our pens or our keyboards at will without repercussions... We're walking in ignorance. We are not walking in grace. Remember, grace is not passive. It is powerful. 
It's the power of God working in and through you to do what you cannot in and of yourself do. So we have an edge on the world. We have grace and empowerment. He says this, Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Thus no spring yields both salt and fresh water. A peach tree is going to bear peaches, not thorns. He's saying if you are what you are, then what comes out of you should reflect who you say you are. And if you say I'm a follower of Jesus, oh wait, I need to say something. So I'm going to leave God over here and I'm going to step over here. And for a minute, I'm just going to come out of my skin and say what I want to say. That's not operating in the spirit of self-control, self-government. Told you it would get quiet in here. Jeremiah 29. We talked about this passage in the context of it. They were, the children of Israel have been taken off into exile. And we often read the famous passage, Jeremiah 29, 11, that says... Um, God says, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. And man, that looks good on t-shirts and bumper stickers. And it's, just feel, it's awesome, but there's a whole thing around that. And I won't go deep into it, but I want to say this. While they are in that place, they didn't want to be. Have you ever found yourself in a community or a city or maybe even right now a nation where you think you don't want to be? Let me tell you what the scripture, the encouragement that the prophet gave to them in regard to that very mindset. Verse 5, the prophet says to them, while they're carried away into Babylon in exile and all their freedoms have been stripped, everything has been taken, their own homeland has been taken by the Babylonian empire and the evil king Nebuchadnezzar. In the middle of all that, God says through the, through the, through the prophet, build houses and dwell in them. Plant gardens and eat their fruit. He goes on to talk about their children. Have, have grandkids. Have kids. In other words, you need to prosper and increase while you're here. Verse 6, take wives, beget sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons. Give your daughters to husbands so that they may bear sons and daughters. And look at the next line. That you may increase there and not Amen. be diminished. That you may increase there and not diminished. Let me put it this way, no matter how bad it gets or crazy it seems to be in this season, we are not here to diminish. We are here to increase. Did you hear me, family? We're not here. This setback is a setup for your comeback in an amazing way. We are not here to step back, diminish, and wait passively. We have been armed and equipped with the Word of God in our mouths to actually execute change into the atmosphere. Let me tell you, I'm praying dangerous things over our nation right now. Amen. And I'm audacious enough to believe that I can move something. There you go. It may be a foot of air in front of me, but I'm going to move something with my words because God has given us that ability, that empowerment. Look at verse 7. And seek the peace of the city, state, nation, whatever, where I have caused you to be carried away captive and pray to the Lord for it. For in its peace you will have peace. In the scripture in the Psalms, it says to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Why? Because Jerusalem was under siege at the time that was written. It had been attacked and attacked and attacked. Pray for the peace. Let me tell you, pray for the peace of Fredericksburg, Gillespie County. Pray for the peace of Harper, 
Comfort. Pray for the peace of Bernie, San Antonio, Austin. Pray for the peace of Dripping Springs. Pray for the peace of Johnson City. Pray for the peace of Centerpoint. Pray for the peace of Blanco. Pray for the peace of where we are. Pray for our country. Amen? Amen. Let's get bold and begin to speak life. Our very mission statement is this. We are the body of Christ called to be Jesus. Building bridges of life and hope and always add words. Grace and joy. I mean, I just, just add a bunch of words there. But to build bridges of life and hope where we live, where we work, and where we play. This is who we are. Amen. We're here to build bridges of life and hope, not tear them down and destroy them. Check this out. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 10. Then the whole city, the whole city celebrates when the godly succeed. They shout for joy when the wicked die. But listen to this. So when, when the righteous, the godly do well, the city goes, I take notice of that. That's to be praised. That's to be celebrated. Very next verse. By the blessing... Of the upright, the city is exalted, but it is overthrown by the mouth of the wicked. Another passage or another translation says, torn apart or torn down. By the blessing of the upright, the city is lifted, it's exalted, but it is overthrown by the mouth. It is torn apart by the mouth of the wicked. There's a lot of tearing apart going on right now. And brethren, this ought not be so Amen. among us. We should be so different than the world around us that we stick out. Not because you're dressing rowdy or acting rowdy. We should stick out because there's character, there's life, there's empowerment, there's anointing, there's grace. Jesus in you, Christ in you, the hope of glory, the manifestation of his actual presence, and where we go, things should change because we're taking him into those places. Leak out the life that you are full of, not the death and decay of this world. By the blessing of the upright, what does that mean? The blessing, it's what we speak. I want to invite our worship team to come up. We're going to end with worship. We're going to go out with a yes, I can, yes, I will song today. Now listen to this. By the blessing of the upright. This word blessing is an interesting principle. I've done a lot of study through the years on this. One of the things I came upon that was a real eye-opener to me regarding the blessing. There's a, do you know why Jesus says to bless your enemies? To not curse, but to bless? Here's why. Because when you release blessing, you've been conferred, authority has been given you as a child of God. If you know your identity and your authority, none of this stuff will ever get over on you. You'll live above the fray. But he says, bless and do not curse. Here's why. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. They that love it will eat its fruit. All that comes together in an interplay. But here it is. When I bless somebody that I disagree with or an enemy... Or somebody that I'm just so frustrated with. Here's what happens. When I bless them, I actually posture and position them under the canopy of God's grace, God's righteousness, and get this one, God's justice. Amen. 
Jesus said, pray for and bless your enemies. Pray for your enemies, bless those who persecute you. Because when you do it, you're actually putting them under God's canopy of grace, righteousness, and justice. Which means it is no longer in your hands to execute judgment on anyone. You've now placed them under God's canopy. So what do I do when I come off the hill driving from where I live on the 87 coming into town? I have this beautiful view as I'm coming in, kind of down the hill, down into the, the bowl that we sit in. And I have the privilege of seeing the beauty of our community. And I speak blessing Amen. and life and grace and hope and revival and spiritual awakening and anointing and increase I pray over our businesses. I pray over all of our businesses. I don't get all selective and snooty in that moment. I say, Lord, if people are putting their hands to it, bless it. If it's not destroying anything, bless them. God loves cities. And he wants us to be speaking life and blessing. Can you, will you be bold enough and audacious enough to start resetting the thermostat over our community, over our state, over our nation. And leave all that darkness to itself. Let the dead bury the dead. And let's be those who love life and give life. Amen? Amen. Would you stand together? We're going to go out with worship, but I'd like to pray as we do that. Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your word because your words are life. And when your words are on our tongue, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, the very message of Jesus. Father, teach us, help us, grace us with the ability to speak and declare life, hope, change, righteousness, justice, Father, we lean into it. We confess that on our own, we're dangerous. But with you, working in us and through us, Lord, we can be life givers, life leakers, even this week. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen and amen. Let's worship. We're going to practice that right now with three words. Yes, I will. Sing with us. I count on one thing The same God that never fails Will not fail me now You won't fail me now In the waiting Yes, The same God who's never late Is working all things out You're working all things out Sing it Yes, I will lift you high in the lowest valley, yes, I will bless your name. Yes, I will sing for joy when my heart is heavy all my days. Yes, I will. It just feels good to say, yes, I will. That's a blessing. I count on one thing, don't wait, just one thing. Count on one thing. The same God that never fails will not fail me now. You don't fail. 
right. That's what we're doing right now. The same God is never late. He's working it out. Let's sing it. Working all things out. Sing, yes, I will. Yes, I will. Lift you high in the lowest valley. Yes, I will. Bless your name. Yes, I will. Sing for joy when my heart is heavy. Yes, I will. Let's be blessing. Let's be blessing. Let's be blessing. You're dismissed. Have a great week.